Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Acts with chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Peter is brought before the leaders of the Jews and boldly proclaims the gospel. He ends his gospel message in verse 12 with the following declaration. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, No Other Name Under Heaven. With all the ceremonial regulation that was, you know, formal activities that went in the temple, went on the temple, you couldn't just come there and freelance. So somebody had to keep order. So the captain of the temple guard answered directly to the high priest who kept, who, who kept everything in control. Uh, there were also, especially at times like Pentecost and Passover and, and Day of Atonement, there were matters of crowd control. There would be thousands more people in Jerusalem than, than usual. So it was necessary to have people who made sure things were under control. So it was a legitimate role that they had. We know that the Romans... Uh, allowed the peoples that they conquered to remain free and, and keep their own ways of doing things for the most part, as long as they faithfully paid their taxes to Rome, they didn't stir up rebellions, and they didn't commit crimes. That's why the Jews could have so much autonomy in Jerusalem. But there were limits. They were not an independent nation. Israel was never a fully independent nation from 586 B.C. until 1948 A.D. That in itself is a miracle attesting to the accuracy of the Word of God. But the Jews could only do so much. Uh, They couldn't put anyone to death. That's why they had to manipulate the Romans to arrange for the Romans to crucify uh, Jesus. But they could have their own security. So this is not Roman soldiers, this is the temple guard, Jews, coming to deal with this situation. Now it's not hard to see why these guys were disturbed. They now have this new group of thousands of people who keep showing up every day, filling up all of the public areas in the outer court of the temple and all around that part of town, but they weren't doing the things that Jews, that Jews normally did. Now, notice it also mentions the Sadducees. The Sadducees refers to one of the four groups of leadership among the Jews at that time. One group is called the Essenes. They were the reclusive, nerdy, scholarly types who never did anything in public. You would probably not even know about the Essenes unless you've heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls. We're sure glad that they hid their library up in the, up in the mountains above the, above the Dead Sea. That's the Essenes. The Zealots 
were the other end of the spectrum from the Essenes. They were the political activists. They wanted to overthrow Rome. They led the charge to try to get Jesus to be a king because they thought he can, he can get us out from under the thumb of Rome. It didn't work out for them at that time. Uh, one of Jesus' disciples, Simon, he's called Simon the Zealot, uh, he had been a member of the Zealot party before he came to Jesus. Then there were the ones you've heard even more about, the ultra-legalistic Pharisees. The Pharisees controlled what went on in the synagogues where most people worshiped most of the time. They hated Jesus because Jesus was constantly exposing their self-righteousness, their hypocrisy, and their teaching of salvation by works. They believed that they in themselves by their works were righteous. Now, the Sadducees were numerically much smaller than the Pharisees, but the, the Sadducees held the political power and the control of the priesthood and what went on in the temple. Theologically, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were extremely different. The Pharisees were the ultra-right-wing arch-conservatives, and the Sadducees were the theological liberals. The Sadducees um, did not accept all 22 books of the Old Testament. It's 22 in Hebrew. We'd say 39. They accepted only Genesis through Deuteronomy, the, the Torah, uh, the law. They considered the rest of the Old Testament as sort of like lightweight commentary on the Torah. And as we'll see later, yes, they were very liberal theologically. Uh, we're going to see in the book of Acts where it mentions that they did not believe in resurrection or in angels and demons. How do you think it flew with the Sadducees when they said, Jesus rose from the dead? We know because the angel told us at the empty tomb. That didn't resonate with them. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees agreed on essentially nothing except they both hated Jesus because Jesus exposed them. The Pharisees put up with the Sadducees because they had to access the temple, and the Sadducees put up with the Pharisees because most of the people were more influenced by the Pharisees than the Sadducees, and the Sadducees lived off the offerings of the people that were controlled by the Pharisees. So it was like this peaceful coexistence, but very different groups. The Sadducees were pompous, they were aristocratic, they were wealthy by and large, and they were in complete control of the temple and the priesthood. They were the ones, for example, who gave the franchises to the people to sell sacrifices and exchange money in the temple. So eh, they weren't too thrilled with Jesus on those two days that He threw out all of their stuff. So this combined group, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, came up to them, Peter and John, and that verb tense implies uh, suddenness, and verse 2, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. This group did not think this through and say, you know, something's going on here. I mean, I think there's a revival. I think we better go ask some questions. We better go listen to what these guys are saying. We better, go, we better go open our Bibles and think this through. No, they were greatly disturbed. They were in a lather. 
This was their temple. And in their temple, these untrained Galileans are teaching the people. How dare they? Ha, rumph. That was just downright offensive. They, in their own minds, regarded themselves as the only ones qualified to do any such thing in their temple. But it was even worse than the fact that they were merely teaching, because they regarded them as unqualified to teach. This group of Sadducees understood in their thinking it was false doctrine to proclaim the resurrection from the dead. The fact that Jesus was alive, that was pretty inconvenient for them, but it didn't get them to rethink their theology. It was even worse than merely teaching. They were proclaiming the resurrection of the dead, and worse yet, in Jesus. They never got over their hatred of Jesus. They did everything within their power to get rid of Him by even cooperating with those idiotic Pharisees to work together to manipulate the Romans to crucify Jesus. They got Him crucified. Remember, then they went to the Roman authorities and they requested and received the orders that they would seal the tomb and guard it with soldiers? Problem solved, or so they thought. Now they're stuck not only with an empty tomb that people keep pointing out to them, but thousands of people are crowding into their temple every day, listening to these annoying, uneducated Galilean apostles. They just don't have our credentials, and they're proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So what are you going to do? If you don't believe in resurrection, but a guy was raised from the dead, what do you do if you've had public enemy number one crucified, and yet he lives? What do you do when you have this massive swell of people every day coming into your temple and teaching things that you despise? Well, they should have been rejoicing because it was their Messiah. They should have been discussing. They should have been investigating. But no, what do they do? They burst in. They stop the, what's going on in verse 3. And they laid hands on them. That was not an ordination ceremony. doesn't mean that kind of laid hands on them. And put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. Remember, the whole incident started after 3 in the afternoon. So who knows how long the sermon lasted. I'm sure it's only a summary that we have in Acts. Then there was all the discussion and the apostles roaming around teaching the people. So what do you do? Well, you crash the party. You grab Peter and John. They happened to be the two primary offenders on that day. And you put them in jail. You hope that if you wait until the next day, maybe things will have died down a little bit. So number one, you're under arrest. Number two, the evidence against you is strong. Now, in the minds of the temple elite and their little private police force, this was an open and shut case. These men are guilty of causing a scene in our temple, and to them, the evidence is massive. Just all these people doing this proves they got to be wrong. It's easy to think that way as long as you consider only the evidence that you want to see. And think about it, friends. To be apart from Christ 
is to be spiritually blind. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.